You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to the Archdiocese of Chicago, Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity radio show, Fully Alive. I'm your host, Ray Pingoy, along with my co-host, Blanca Rodriguez. Hey, Blanca, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good. kind of nervous. We're missing Don right now. He's usually the, the host of the show, but uh, we're gifted with her being on pilgrimage. Yeah. Uh, she's praying for us, and it's a great... Uh, gift to be here with you in this uh, radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity. Again, fully alive. Yeah, we're super excited to be here, and we hope you have fun with us today. I cannot believe it's already September. I know. <laughs> Went by so fast, we're kind of saying goodbye to summer already, more mm-hmm. or less. Well, I'm, I'm still trying not to say goodbye, but... Holding on to summer. <laughs> <laughs> holding on to summer as best I can. Uh, let's, just, let's just dive into the show. We got a lot to cover. Oh my goodness, because this show is really dedicated to preparing for Respect Life Month, which is in October, Mm -hmm. and we have uh, beautiful guests with us. I'm going to go ahead. Uh, Joe Lazar joins us. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read his bio. I was looking for things to maybe cut, but oh my (laughs) goodness, everything that he sent me was interesting. So here's Joe. (laughs) He is. (laughs) Joe Lazar is the Faith Network Leader of Vision 2020 of Illinois a mission which was initiated back in 2017 after the passing of House Bill 40, which allowed for tax-funded abortion in Illinois. Vision 2020 engages and coordinates pro-life efforts with various churches throughout the Chicagoland area and has chapters all throughout the state. Vision 2020 also has witnessed uh, countless moms cancel their abortion uh, appointments after being sidewalk counseled by the team, and the efforts saw the closure of a Family Planning Associates Abortion Clinic in 2020, which had organized prayer and counseling efforts for nearly two years leading to that closure. This is a a great uh, victory from God. Joe is a husband and a father of two boys, Gabriel and Lucas, and they both homeschool their, their children. His family immigrated from Iraq, and he's the son of a Syrian parents. The Syrians are the indigenous Christians of the Middle East, and have endured three genocides in the past century. Mm. The Chaldean rite of the Catholic Church represents the Assyrian Catholic community. His wife is trained a volunteer ultrasound nurse, Mm. 
and offers free ultrasound through Pregnancy Center Network in Chicago. Welcome, Joe Lazar. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Ray. Thank, thank you, Blanca. Nice to see you both. You've been uh, uh, joined in on different events that I've been at, and I, I appreciate your engagement and commitment to the, uh, to the sanctity of life. Praise be to God for you, Joe. I just want to acknowledge this here and now, too, because Joe is on a family vacation, yet he uh, gives us this time to kind of just talk about, really, uh, the pro-life movement and this beautiful thing that God has led him to, to coordinate, to lead this Vision 2020. So, Joe, I know you're in Florida. We're a little bit jealous, but I know mm -hmm. that you're coming back home in Chicago. So, Be home soon, yeah. I'll be home <laughs> at the end of the week. I will. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Joe, um, I've heard so much about you, but they, there was mention of your wife um, and how she's a trained volunteer ultrasound nurse. And maybe I would like just like to know more about that. Um, personally, I've been to Mexico a couple of times, and I just remember one experience about going to an abortion clinic um, with one of my aunts and in her minivan and just... Mm -hmm. Her, she was providing ultrasounds, and you know when, when Ray shared about your wife, I was just curious to know more about her experience and what she shared with you. Sure. Okay. So um, that, I'm glad you brought up the topic because the Pregnancy Center Network uh, is, uh, for one thing, a target has been a target of attack. Some have seen that lately with some of the increase in hostility towards sanctity of life devotion in general, but. This, the Pregnancy Center Network, is that's where my wife, my wife is a volunteer ultrasound nurse. She was a registered nurse, then became a homeschool mom, stay-at-home mom, and then thought she could get trained and maybe volunteer sometime to give back free ultrasounds. What a great way to uh, devote yourself to the sanctity of life. Sometimes, as I think you both know, and, and most people listening know, when, when a mom simply sees their child, uh, that is the Holy Spirit working through the ultrasound to literally guide the mom uh, to choose life, right? right? So my wife uh, volunteered to get trained. Uh, she, yeah, she has uh, volunteered one to two days a month mm -hmm. uh, at the Women's Center in Chicagoland. Uh, they have a few locations. And, uh, and really, uh, that uh, is a larger explanation of really the Pregnancy Center Network in general. It's built up, unlike the abortion industry, which is built up on funding sadly from uh largely from our from our from the federal government but the pregnancy center network is built up on volunteers donations people um offering up their skills and training etc to do these types of things and that's probably you know the, that's the best takeaway from the pregnancy center network uh, all on uh grace from the holy spirit and people volunteering their money time resources and efforts to save lives that's it and uh and then I would also say the Pregnancy Center Network, Blanca, you probably know this, uh, they really can't be characterized in a negative life because what, what the Pregnancy Center Network does is they basically come to moms and say, uh, we're not here to uh, force you to do anything or to coerce you or to cast judgment. We're only here to say that if you choose life, we're going to make it as easy as possible by giving you everything for free. Right. That's what they do. Beautiful. Plain and simple. Oh, I mean, we, we really do have to do this as a family, and God bless your family for being at the forefront of this. I can't believe this, Joe, and I, I still kind of stutter at the thought, or even just saying this, uh, that we are in a post-Roe era. Um, although, uh, you know, as you mentioned already, that this is still very much heavy in Illinois, didn't change much in our states. Uh, Illinois is currently terminating, terminating over 40,000 precious children each year. Wow. 
and set to largely increase this count. Uh, with over 1,600 churches throughout the Chicagoland alone, what do you think is our call, again, especially during this post-row uh, uh, era, what do you think our call is? How can, how can uh, uh, we be of help? What, what do you think God is calling his people to do here and now? Sure, sure. Well, um, you know, I think that one thing that's obvious is uh, we know that if we don't offer the opportunity to choose life, that the abortion industry won't do it. So we know that right there. That's a for sure right there. If we don't find some way to do that, whether it's through pregnancy centers, whether it's through sidewalk efforts, there isn't anyone else. It certainly wouldn't be anyone within the abortion industry unless they decide to leave the industry, which of course mm. does happen. And that's a beautiful that's thing. Abby yeah. Johnson being the most popular story of, of you know, that highlights this. But, but, but that's the most simple takeaway there, I think. If we don't offer, give them the opportunity to choose life and the resources, well, then who would do it? Mm. There isn't anyone else that would do it. And, and we know that the moms and the dads, for that matter, are lied to. They're told that the baby is not a human person. They're told blob of cells. These, these these narratives we've all heard them, and we all know they're not not true. I, I suspect many in the abortion industry know they're not true as well. So, so what's the call? That was your question, and the call is uh, use our God-given good good minds that God gave us to find a way to charitably, without judgment give the moms and dads an opportunity to choose life and give them the truth that the abortion industry won't give them. I, I, I think that's that's a certainty right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and then I guess another question is, some are thinking, you know, they believe in God, I'm pro-life, I pray for an abortion to end, for abortion to end. Is that all I can do? Um, while all these things are good, why are these things alone inadequate? Well, okay, so uh, if if we're praying, then... God must be asking us to do something. Uh, I can't think of a time yeah. uh, in history where we can look at a saint, holy men and women that have come before us, at a time when they prayed and God wasn't asking them to do something. Now, the, the something is, I, I, is certainly different for each person. There's no doubt about that. But there's always something. If we're praying, he's asking us to do something. If we're praying, then we're working in some way. Right. So, So while it is good, certainly to... Pray with our families. Pray for the sanctity of life. Pray for the end of the culture of death through its suppression. Pray for the growth of the Pregnancy Center Network. Offer fasting. Do all of these things, certainly. But, but is God is God content for us to just simply, uh, just simply, offer up intention to just have these thoughts of of what the world should be like and not actually go out and do anything? I don't see examples of that when I look back at the saints and, and we could we could offer so many examples we'd be here for days if we even tried to come up with them um, D- Jesus didn't just tell everyone uh, tell teach his disciples to to uh, um, pray for the hungry he told them to go out and feed them mm-hmm. uh, you know I think we can we can just go right back to Jesus himself and find that there is an obligation to do work, to pray, but yes, we, we have to do some level of effort. And it's, it's often not comfortable. We have to kind of think of that ahead of time also and acknowledge that. Right. And like the importance of prayer leading us to action, um, right? And that balance between us praying as a family, like you mentioned, and then from that, God will certainly tell us what to do, right? And give us the strength that we need, us. the words, the Holy Spirit to guide us through that process. Well said. Yeah. Yes. You know, I agree. As as a young father, Joe, and I know you are too. I, 
you know, and you mentioned this already about this increase of hostility now in this uh, in our time. What what would you say to a young family that wants to get more involved? Uh, you know, uh, for my family at at least, uh, I I try to start uh, talking to my kids about this. I have uh, my eldest is twelve years old, uh, and so we talk about these things. Now, maybe we can cover this more after after the break, because I'd love to hear your answer on this. As a young father, what do you do in your domestic church, in your home? Mm. And then, uh, again, calling us out to action, being in front of an abortion clinic, and again, the, the increase of hostility. I know uh, your, uh, this beautiful organization that you're leading, Vision 2020 of Illinois, I I know you all are doing something great. I'd love for you to talk more about that and how to prepare oneself, including one's family as well. Uh, We'll go ahead and talk more about that after the break. We're going to go ahead and cut into a a break right now and continue our conversation with Joel Lazar. Stay tuned. I was dead in the grave I was covered in sin and shame I heard mercy call my name Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement Program has been especially busy this year, assisting individuals and families who have fled dangerous situations in their homeland, including Afghanistan and the Ukraine. The Refugee Resettlement Team helps with everything they need to start to rebuild their lives in a new country, including housing, employment, clothing, food, English classes, and referrals for legal and immigration services. The refugees are tremendously grateful for the compassion and practical help they're receiving, and they're giving back and helping each other plan for a brighter, safer future. Volunteer opportunities are currently available for those who would like to be family mentors and tutors so children and adults can practice English. To learn more about these rewarding opportunities, call 312-655-7096. That's 312-655-7096. People always say, how can you spend your day with three-year-olds? Seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow, this is a very rewarding job. Even though at the end of the day, we're not the highest paid people on earth. And when I have a parent contact me and say, my child loves school, that to me, I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning. Because really, you are changing lives. You are molding lives. Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. 
Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Listening to Fully Alive, Archdiocese of Chicago Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity radio show. We're joined in by Joe Lazar here from uh, Vision 2020. Joe, I asked a, a good question about and this. Is I guess more of a personal concern as a young father. I want to make sure that I prepare my children and that they know where I stand with this, especially uh, this pro-life movement. And I, I pray that they get involved in it and that I pray that they know that they have a call in it. So again, the question is, how do you prepare uh, as, as a parent? And then now with this increased hostility before us, um, how do you engage and, and how do you train people to, to engage? Ray, that's interesting you're asking this because I was thinking something along these lines actually as i was listening to you speak at the mm. couples for christ uh annual event uh which was just a couple of weeks ago because uh you showed your kids i was so glad you did that you have six kids right correct right? yes yeah beautiful Before beautiful this, family yeah. six kids <laughs> yeah six million it, seems. Mm -hmm. it feels like six million kids but <laughs> we're gifted with six kids yes and i was thinking to myself you know i understand the sacrifice of taking a Saturday away to go and do these kinds of things. Mm. Um, and uh, so so the interesting thing about that is our priorities are families. It's raising our kids. You're speaking to this. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I think it's also important for them, a as you exemplified quite well, for them to say to know that dad went to the Couples for Christ event to encourage this, this great group, which they are, to go out and get engaged in pro-life pro-life activity to prioritize the sanctity of life, that it's not just something we can just hope for. We have to actually go out and do it. So you took time away from your family to do that. And that's a sacrifice, certainly. But but I think the Holy the Holy Spirit will reward, uh, will invigorate your children, your family with grace, just by the very fact that their father is, is actually going out and taking steps and making sacrifices, mm -hmm. sacrifices of his time, etc., to go out and actually do these things. It's good that they see you do that. You notice I brought my kids with me. Yes, so it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it would have been arguably, I, you know, I thought about it too. I, it's like, a, would have been a little easier <laughs> to mm. not bring them sometimes just because they, they're not always very patient and things like that. But I'm like, no, no, no. I want them to come and see this. I want them to see that this is Beautiful. a family devotion. This family is devoted to this cause and we're going to do whatever we can. And we can't do everything, but, but can we do a little bit more seeing if every family did that just that just one little thing mm. you'd be surprised what the landscape would look like in about a year it would yeah. be a very different place 
So um, I think it's good for, to answer your question, I think it's good that the kids see the parents actually doing these things, uh, praying for them, asking for them, talking about them, yes, but then actually doing something. Mm. Uh, maybe maybe you're at a church that doesn't talk a lot about the sanctity of life. Well, maybe your family's being called by the Holy Spirit to, to go to Father, go to Pastor and say, you know, look, there's some really bad stuff going on in the state. Can we, can we start a ministry here? Mm. Mm. Our family will do this, you know, uh, perhaps. Perhaps that would be just a suggestion. Love it. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, well, myself, like I grew up observing my parents and my mom and going through to all these pro-life events when I was little. And yeah, I was annoyed when I was like 10. <laughs> but, you know, the older I got, the more I got to understand the, the beauty of the pro-life ministry and how it really does work towards helping women um, and children and babies, right? It really did inspire me. And I do think that, the domestic church is extremely important. Um, that's why I am there. pro-life, yeah. right? Um, as a young adult, it's difficult to do that. Um, so I guess it leads to our next question. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends. My focus in our ministry is working with young adults. And a lot of them have asked me, Blanca, like, aren't public pro-life displays divisive? So, Joe, why would you say that this thinking is false? Great question. Thanks, Blanca. Thanks for asking that. Well, this goes back to probably the first topic we brought up. If we wouldn't give these moms and dads options, and I've talked to enough moms and dads on the sidewalk to know this. I speak from personal experience. Mm. If, if we, me or anyone else, wouldn't be the one that would say, have you considered that there are free options that could support you and help you? If, if it's a financial struggle, we've got some options for you. If we wouldn't be there to do that, then who would do it? And to the divisiveness, talk about being divisive. So what's the ultimate uh act of divisiveness separating a mom and a dad from this precious unique little creation crafted by god's very hand talk about the ultimate act of division well now that's the epitome of division right so so we in the sense of charity in a spirit of charity certainly not in the spirit of of being judgmental and not in the spirit of being um argumentative or being uh you know unnecessarily militant but in a sense of charity for us to come to the sidewalk and try to unite the precious child with his parents to keep them together. Well, that's that's the antithesis. That's the opposite of division, right? Mm -hmm. We're there for we're there to unite families. So that's the I think that's the theme. We can't ever let the other side take that understanding away from us. We are there to unite those families, and and the abortion industry is there not only to divide them, but but to make a profit off it. Talk about like the the ultimate. Uh, you know, the ultimate opportunist, the epitome of being an opportunist, right? Not only am I going to divide children from their moms and dads, but I'm going to make a profit from it. This is a tragedy. Mm -hmm. it, it's, I, I would argue, you know, the greatest tragedy really of, of humanity, the greatest, most tragic event of humanity, that that would become what it has become uh, and become a profitable thing. Yeah. It's terrible. So, so the division thing, um, you know, we have, we're, we're unifiers as pro-life people of life. It's the abortion industry that is actually the divider. Right. And how how can we engage our young adults in this ministry? Um, you know, especially those that are kind of in the fence of Blanca, I don't know if I'm pro-life or pro-choice. Like, I don't know how I feel about people standing on the sidewalk. Like, how can we kind of open their hearts or what are other options that they have to be a part of this pro-life ministry? Glad you brought up bringing up this topic about the youth. I'm, I want to say for one thing, I'm very encouraged by the youth. I, I, and perhaps I don't know how God has, has brought us to this point, but it, you know, perhaps it's 
you know, the technology and the things that kind of scare us as parents sometimes. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing about some of it is I think it has given the youth an opportunity to really get at the truth. They really want to know the truth on mm. these things, don't they? Yes. So, so I think that's the, that's the seed that's being planted, maybe a little by us and, and I think largely by the Holy Spirit. Let them get at the truth by speaking to them, first explaining to them the fundamentals, like why is the sanctity of life true in the first place? They have to understand it from us because the, the outside culture will probably not give them the truth, most likely. Mm -hmm. um, but then how do they get involved? Um, interesting you should bring that up. So there's actually a local event coming up here in Chicago by a group called Simply Pro-Life. Mm -hmm. And Simply Pro-Life has an event coming up in Barrington, Illinois, uh, it'll be coming up very soon. Uh, you can actually go to the site and look at it yourself. Their uh, website is is uh, actually called, I'm going to pull it up for you right now. Uh, it's called the Simply Pro-Life Teen Great Life, excuse me, it's, the, it's called greatlifeteen.org. And if you go to their website, you'll notice they have an event coming up on October 1st to kick off Respect Life Month. The event is led by Hope Miller, uh, and actually brought it up on the screen. I'm glad you brought that up. That is uh, a youth pro-life event coming up very soon. Abby Johnson will be speaking there. She's a committed speaker. And that is a great way, if you're in the Chicago area, as a young person, to get involved with pro-life engagement coming up very soon, right at the kickoff of the pro-life month. Um, you know, at our church, they also have a group called the Crusaders for Life that That's you'll right. see at yeah. all the marches. With the yellow balloons, you, you, I think they're kind of advertising that here um, at this event also. That's another great way to get involved as a young person in the pro-life movement. And even just going to Chicago, it was certainly fantastic. And then, of course, the National March in D.C. ways, I think, for the young people to begin their road towards being the culture that brings us back to becoming a culture of life, which I think is going to happen, by the way. Uh, we're obviously, Roe versus Wade, the overturning was obviously a big step, but it's just the beginning. There's still much work to do. And I do believe the young generation will be a catalyst. Yeah, and these young people are super excited. I remember earlier this year, we went to yeah. Washington, D.C., and we saw a group of the Crusaders from St. John, Kansas, and they were dancing, they were laughing, Joyful. they were excited. And it's just beautiful to see that joy yeah. um, of life, right? And seeing how these teens, they were like probably 12 to 18 years old. They're mm. so excited to be there and stand up for for each other, you know? I love this, which actually leads me to this question, Joe. I know you're uh, part of and one of the coordinators uh, of uh, Vision 2020 of Illinois. I want to ask you that question of what do you see? What do you see? Because I think it's important for us to kind of discuss that in terms of, you know, in terms of what we see in a pro without a vision, a people will perish. Mm -hmm. I believe that's in Hebrews. And if we don't see it, then how do we act on it? So what do you see, Joe, in this uh, in, in our states here in Illinois? Uh, as far as uh, what we can expect, what's coming. Yeah, from Illinois, yeah. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Yeah. Well, Okay, so if you look at the map right now, speaking from a legislative perspective, Illinois is an island. Uh, the, the surrounding states are all moving swiftly in a pro-life direction. Major restrictions, virtually non-existent, really, in pretty much every adjoining state at this point, with a couple exceptions. So, so Illinois, and they're already speaking to this, so this isn't me really taking liberty here. Uh, you know, the, the leaders of Illinois are already speaking to devising creative schemes, and I call them schemes, mm to escort and even 
finance using state tax funds to bring these poor moms and dads into the state to subsidize this heinous procedure. So there's no doubt if we don't get engaged, if we don't quietly in our homes pray and fast, and then and then let's say unquietly outside our homes take action, the numbers are going to go up. They're going to go up dramatically. The 40,000 abortions per year in Illinois, it may, you may see it double in a very short period unless we take action. And there are ways you can take action, no doubt. Um, we can talk about those. I, I've got a few a few things here I've organized to quick ways that people can get involved on different Some people may find it difficult, for example, but there's other things they can do in their church. So there are, there's a way every single person could do something in the next 12 months yeah. to, to bring Illinois out of its island status and let it also become a state that celebrates life, which I think is possible. I, I have not given up at all. I see that, yeah. Thanks, Joe, for that. Uh, we're going to take a, a quick break and finish up our conversation regarding this beautiful vision and our call from God to, to, to this beautiful movement that God is calling us. So stay tuned, everyone, as we continue Fully Alive. By the power of his blood Amen Covered in sin and shame I heard 